This is Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Dentistry, Ethics, Philosophy. Hello and welcome to another Incisive Decisive. We've got something a little bit special today. Uh, we are going to be talking to Matt Dicci about his experience of being a dental student and what he's been doing with the Campbell Clinic and the future of dentistry, I think. Matt, hello. Hello. Good How to are meet you. Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, good to, good to meet you. Um, we have literally just met. Colin has thrust you upon me, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. He came, in, <laughs> came into the lab last night and said, uh, I've got a job for you tomorrow morning. I was like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah. go on, give it a go. Uh, podcasting is uh, super trendy at the yeah, moment. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. so let's talk about about you you're a final year dental student yeah so just going into final year in september right. so just finished fourth year managed to pass all the exams yeah, that's and, good uh, yeah that's just good. enjoying enjoying the, summer now the, the good thing about when you get into that fourth year you can't fail now because they've well, invested so much money <laughs> into you keep, keep being told yeah. um, and actually this year was the first year in 43 years that every single fifth year passed really? first time yeah yeah um so okay, we saw the video good. when that's it good. got that told yeah, so excellent. hopefully we're, we're going for two years running wow uh, <laughs> we're, yeah definitely passing, that's but. good um so what we're going to do today, we'll probably split this up into a few separate episodes. Um, we'll talk about what you expected of dental school going in, what dental school's actually been like, um, and what it's likely to be like when you mm-hmm. qualify, which is um, a little bit of crystal ball gazing for you. Absolutely scary. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> potentially quite yeah, scary, yeah. yeah. So you're about to enter final year at Bristol. Mm-hmm. What did you think dentistry was going to be like when you first applied? Well, it's quite hard to say because I've never had that much wrong with my teeth. Orthodontics yep. was a big, big thing. Um, so I had lots of ortho work um, and checkups for me were always just, you're fine, keep yeah, your yeah, teeth yeah. and carry on. Yeah. So I'd never really seen the normal general dentistry that happens. Yeah. So I kind of took what was on TV and what people had said to me and I was like, oh, I'll just go and go with that. I think I knew first year was going to be a bit more science-based, sure. very much the same as medics. Um, and then you gradually move on. Um, but yeah, I didn't really know what to expect at all, but I was maybe a mind blown. So why did you choose dentistry in the first place? Um, so it's actually, um, after I met Colin, so I uh, used to teach swimming, okay. um, up at the leisure center, just down the road here, um, every morning, uh, it started off being a kid's thing. Um, so I, I used to swim since I was the age of 12, basically. Mm-hmm. And then as I got 16, started to assist in the water and then got my qualification, um, had my own class. Um, and Colin's kids used to go to the club and swim and I used to teach them as well. Um, and then my dad wanted to start an adult class because um, he noticed a lot of the adults who went to the club couldn't swim. Mm-hmm. Um, so he opened that and he said to me, do you want to come down on a Sunday morning? And I was like, yeah, go on then, I'll come and give you a hand. Um, so I went down with him. Um, and it was supposed to be a beginner's thing, um, but obviously on the first day, Colin Campbell walks in. Um, he's a, at this point, triathlete. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course. You know, he, yeah, def- yeah. he can definitely swim yeah. <laughs> and definitely cycle and run. Um, so my dad kind of said to him, I'm really sorry, but it's, uh, it's supposed to be a beginner's thing. We're not, we're not kids start to train people. Um, but he said, actually, uh, if you want, you can go with my son and mm. he'll give you a one-to-one kind of training thing. Oh, okay, nice. Um, so yeah, that kind of happened for a few months and we do the training. We, we used to race at the end of each session and see how okay. see if he was getting better and could beat me yet. Um, I doubt it. <laughs> no, yeah, he's no, old he's now, not, He's not beating yeah, me yet. Old. That's it. Well, he's got a lot of excuses these days, but uh, no, we'll have to give him another another chance. Um, and we just got chatting and he's saying, what do you want to do at university? And I was at year 12, year 13 at this point. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about science. I definitely yeah. want to go science route, yeah. biology, um, natural sciences, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and I'd kind of been loosely thinking about dentistry, but not at any committed level, really. And then he kind of said, oh, why don't you have a come and have a look around my practice and yeah. see what you think? So yeah. I came down and saw implant surgery for the first yes. time. That okay. blew my yeah, mind, yeah, open yeah. in half. And I was like, okay, this is definitely something I can see myself uh, getting into. Um, it's interesting, yeah. It's, you sort of yeah, fall into dentistry sometimes, don't you? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. It's weird because you get to uni and everyone's kind of like, oh, ever since I was three, I've wanted to be a dentist, my parents are dentists, and yeah. that's why I'm here. Whereas I was kind of like, I applied about four weeks before the deadline. Wow. Uh, for that year, okay, so it was yeah. very stressful. Yeah, when yeah, I came yeah. home and told my mum, she was like, oh my God, you need to go and do UK CAT, interview prep, all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, so when I, when I applied, we didn't have to do that. You just filled in your UCAS form. Yeah. Um, by hand. <laughs> oh God, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> editing to, by hand for years. Had to write a personal <laughs> statement in a box oh, yeah, uh, and yeah. then you posted it away and then you got you got face-to-face interviews and... What was your what was your experience of of application? What was the uh, what was the process like? I'm assuming they still do face to face interviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for us, it was personal statement, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on how, how good that was, you'd yeah. then be offered an interview or not. Mm-hmm. So I think I got three uh, three interview offers, uh, which is good, but they kind of came through Stagger. There's a bit of a, a long wait, and I was kind of yeah, nervous, yeah, not yeah, really sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I was about 12 drafts is my personal statement at this point. So I was like, <laughs> I've done all I can, surely. Um, so lucky enough, I did get a few interviews. Um, and then different unis do different kind of things. Um, mm. So Bristol and a lot of the unis these days are doing MMI interviews. Yeah, um, yeah, which are multiple million interviews, and they, you kind of have 12, 13 tables around a room. It's like speed dating. Yeah, literally, like yeah, speed dating. Yeah. And you have a little task at each table, five minutes, and they ranges from. Um, but there was a hammer bead station for us. We had to like copy a little picture and make oh, it bigger yeah. and do. Oh wow! Okay, and that yeah, was like, that's interesting. That was testing manual dexterity yeah, yeah, sure, thing yeah, and yeah. obviously like following instructions. Um, and then there's other ones like communication stations. I remember one in Liverpool, um, where I walked in and they said to me, "So the scenario is." You've spoken to the next door neighbour, um, this old lady's asked you to buy her lottery ticket for oh, her because yeah. she's going on holiday and she won't be here to buy it. Um, and you forget to buy the ticket, but the next week her numbers come in and she's won £5 million. Pounds, right, okay, And you've yeah. got to go and tell her, actually, I'm uh, really sorry, but <laughs> I've not bought your ticket. So that was a, that was a scary, scary one. But uh, I don't think it was okay. But it's, it's just strange because you're obviously thrown in the deep end and yeah. you've got an hour yeah. and a half around all these interview stations. That's, then... So that's changed quite a lot from, yeah. from, when, from when when I applied. Um, you had a panel of two or three people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really remember one of my interviews panels, it was three people and one of them was um, head of oral pathology and one was head of endodontics. Mm-hmm. And um, one said, do you know what oral pathology is? And I sort of said, oh, well, disease of the mouth. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, do you know what endodontics is? No, um, not at all. No, no idea. And, yeah, and and I remember my interview at, at, at Guys when I when I, was, when I eventually got into Guys. Um, there's a, there was a notorious system of them communicating with each other using I think paper clips. Yeah, so oh, really? If, so, 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 so if they did something with um their paper clip they they you got in essentially because oh, really? it was an indicator to the uh, other person that they were yeah exactly uh, right, okay now whether that was the actual it was uh, it's sort of a apocryphal story yeah that's good oh that's stressful if you don't see paper clip move then you're like yeah oh, well yeah what's happened there well fortunately i didn't know that until after after the whole interview process oh. but yeah it's terrifying yeah yeah so we got into dental school first year Hardcore science? Yeah, pretty much. We did uh, biochemistry, physiology, and anatomy. Yeah. Um, so the biology uh, was physiology. So we made, it was a lot of A-level. Mm. Um, we did full body. Full body everything first year. We essentially shared the same year as the medics. It wasn't the yep. same, exact same, but we covered most of the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing for me in first year that was the best was the anatomy. Did um, you have... Uh, actual dissection yeah yeah so we didn't do any dissecting but we were oh, in right, the dissection okay. room and they had okay. like cadavers and things they'd already prepared yeah um so you walked in on the first day and everything was covered in blue sheets oh right and okay. they gradually yeah very yes yeah, <laughs> gently gently let you in so the first thing they showed you was a slide with a bit of skin in it okay. and you could look at it and then they maybe did a, a finger and then a hand yeah, and then yeah. an arm and it got bigger and bigger and by the end of that session they showed you a full full dead body um so that was a bit strange there was a few fainters um, yeah of course luckily cool. i didn't touch wood so that was, uh, that was good good bonus um and that was a very nice like gentle introduction and then the next week you go in and there's just 14 heads on tables <laughs> and that you know half of them are skinned cut in half brains everywhere you're thinking oh my god um but by the end of the course you get to know each head and you get yeah, names course. and yeah. you, know, you, you recognize yeah. you know he's got a yeah. good facial facial nerves so. and there's there's no substitute for that kind of education i don't think you no, know having not. the actual <laughs> physical anatomy there to to look at and yeah and, and uh, play with yeah kind of work, yeah for one of a better description yeah. yeah um and that is something that not only stays with you because you learn to respect the mm-hmm. the body absolutely yeah. um but it's useful information that you use day to day and and you can literally go back and picture those bits yeah and exactly like, and they're, really, really they're quite hot on that with us actually especially in oral surgery and things if you're doing an extraction or an injection mm-hmm. They don't let you put the needle anywhere unless you can tell them exactly oh, really? what you're going through, where you're trying to get to, what nerve. And- so that, that's, yeah, that's yeah, quite impressive. That has changed. Uh, yeah. let, let me tell you, that has I think, changed. I don't know whether that's just uh, some of our supervisors <laughs> being a bit more uh, pedantic than others, but yeah, some of them question you, question you up to like, you know, which foramen the trigeminal nerve comes out of okay. the head and, you know, where it stems from in the brain stem. You're thinking, I have no idea. I just want to do an IDB. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. When do they let you loose on actual patients then? So I think they're, they're changing at the moment. I think it's becoming a lot earlier. Yep. For us, it was second year. Right, yep. About just after Christmas. Okay, so yeah, so about a, science yeah, hotels. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We, we had a scrub ceremony where, you know, nice. you get congratulated. Okay. You, you managed to pass first year, well done, and you get your scrubs and everyone signs a document that says, I promise not to kill anybody yep. um, over the next five years. Good job. Which, uh, yeah, good job. So, so far, I've done quite well at. So, um, yeah, and then after that, you do perio is what you start with. Yeah. 
Um, so you get your first period of patience. Uh, there's a few introductory sessions on clinic where you practice on each other, like, you know, seating position, using mm-hmm. the mirror, uh, a couple of injections as well, which is quite yeah, a fun session. Oh, nice. um, just before lunch as well. So. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, useful. Yeah, great. <laughs> I said, well, the person who did mine missed my uh, RTB. Oh, yeah. I had a full cartridge to lingual nerves. So my tongue was done for about oh, three brilliant. hours. Brilliant. Good uh, job. Yeah, good fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and happens. then eventually, yeah, you get your first patients in, and that's obviously massively nerve wracking. Mm. I kind of was more nervous than the patient, I think, when I was calling my first one in. Yeah, yeah. Um, trying to do a BP, dripping wet with sweat. I think my nurse had to like dab my, uh, <laughs> dab my forehead. At one point. I, felt, I felt like a surgeon. It was excellent. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it took me four hours to do BP. That was nice. Yeah, that's probably better than most, a lot of qualified <laughs> dentists do, but we won't, we'll definitely won't no, get into that. No, absolutely not. No. Um, <laughs> So you, you wear scrubs on clinic? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we have a little, uh, I don't know, I've no idea what other universities do really because I've not really seen anything else, but we have uh, different colours depending on what year you are. Oh, that's, so okay, that's interesting. patients yeah. and staff can say straight away what year that's you're That's really in, useful. And you keep the same colour all the way through. So if you get, oh, I see. Purple, yeah. like purple yeah, yeah, second yeah. year, and then every year they change the sheet of paper that's around the clinic saying Very good. third year's purple, fourth year's purple. So that has changed since I qualified, I trained in the, in the 90s. So mm-hmm. we... On clinics, I had to wear a shirt and tie mm-hmm. and a white coat. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, like, like proper, proper doctor, proper doctor and, oh, wow. white coat, sleeves down to the to the cuffs, uh-huh. um, and you you went and got your white coat changed yeah. when it got a bit dirty. I think I definitely like that. I've no, no, because I prefer when I wear scrubs in surgery yep. now because I feel it's a bit more. I feel more comfortable in scrubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and nice scrubs. I feel a lot more comfortable in scrubs. And I think it's a bit less intimidating for your patient as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that whole uh, that whole white coat doctor mm-hmm. sort of thing. I'm more important than yeah. yeah, yeah you've yeah, got yeah. that no, whole stressing around kind of thing. Uh, maybe that was just me at, at, <coughs> at, at dental school. I don't know. But I think yeah, the, the, it just goes to show the change of attitude. I think over the last twenty years, mm-hmm. really. I think that's got to be a, a, a good thing. In the meantime, while being a, a, a dental student, mm-hmm. you've been coming into the Campbell Clinic and doing various bits and bobs. Yeah, so uh, I'd basically be coming back. So I did my work experience here uh, once a week, all the way through year 30, I think it would have been. Um, and then after that, I've come back every every summer. Um, and then when I can, Christmas and Easter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we only get two weeks off at Easter and Christmas, so it's difficult to get in yeah. kind of with the holidays and everything else going on. Um, but yeah, in the summer, I tend to come back um, and kind of have a look around what's going on here because it's massively different to what we're doing at universities. So oh, I can imagine it's very different. Very, yeah. very different. Um, yeah, so I kind of do a bit of the lab work downstairs, a bit of office work okay. and getting involved with some of the studies and things. Has that been useful in your um, uni sort of um, training as well? Oh, massively. I think um, presentations, especially because I started doing those in year 13, essentially. Okay. Yeah. I didn't really know what I was doing at that point. So mm-hmm. I've looked back at some of them and there's pictures of teeth that are upside down. Okay. And, you know, things are completely in the wrong order. But it was yeah. even that was quite helpful to get used to what you need to have in a presentation sure. and, and what you yeah, go from yeah. there. And I've now got whole templates so I can just chuck photos in. Okay. Yeah. When I'm at uni doing dental presentation, for example, mm-hmm. where I can just show straight away what I need to have and pictures are in there. Um, so that was really, really helpful. Um, but also just being exposed to what else is out there. Because mm-hmm. um, at dental school, you do fillings, crowns, yeah. you know, yeah, you do your bridge, basics. Like yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very basic. Um, it's all analog. There's no digital at all. Um, so it's really, really good to see what else is out there and where dentistry is going mm-hmm. to go in the future and, yeah. and what techniques you need to use. I think, I think it's important to try and get as much real world experience while you're going through uni as, as well. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can shadow a dentist who's working in practice, if that's what you're going to, that's what most of us will end up doing. Yeah. Um, while you're going through dental school, you get a much more rounded idea of what that real world dentistry is like. Because I've got a, a friend of mine who's is just qualified, mm-hmm. and she was just doing her first cram prep in her final year. Yeah. And that to me is as as someone that has been through dental yeah. school would be absolutely terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. So what's what's been your experience of the amount of of work? that you've done over those four years now, yeah, patient-wise? Um, it's, it's interesting. We have we have uh, totals, which are essentially okay. targets yeah, that you yeah. have to have done. So by fifth year, you have to have done yeah, four endos, two complete dentures, three partials, and a number of fillings and everything else. Um, but even that's not very much. Um, it's not, is it? And it is, it is quite scary. So I'm, I'm getting on quite well, but still, I've only done, I think, six crowns so far, uh-huh. um, which is quite a lot relative to other people. Yeah. So, but it just depends on what patients you get. It's, look, it's look difficult, So I've not done any endos yet, but some people have finished their endos, okay. um, whereas I've done quite a lot of crowns, some people have no mm-hmm. crowns. Mm-hmm. It kind of does all tend to come together in... Uh, so in, in the, the final year. Final year. Yeah, so our, our final year was like um, a polyclinic year where you just had actual... Rather than being on a clinic that was... Um, restorative or a clinic that was 
Prol sort of claimed it was Perrier. Yeah, it was, it was all here's, here's a patient. Right, let's, link, okay. let's start to link everything yeah, together. Yeah, like holistic sort of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is useful. It was run like a dental surgery. Yeah, so yeah. So you yeah. had your nurse and you had a receptionist yeah. and all this. Uh-huh. And it was quite nice. Oh, it, was, right. it was it was well integrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still only had four patients a day. Yeah, yeah. That sort <laughs> of thing. Good, which, yeah. Which, a culture shot. I hear people do 30 a day in NHS practice. Uh, and yeah, and like, some oh, more. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Although we'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, you have to learn to, I think, VT. It's not VT anymore. Um, I know, it's still VT. Is it CVT? Yeah, yeah, it's still VT for us, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, VT is, is is important, but, uh, yeah, to start with, quite quite terrifying. Yeah, yeah. and it's, yeah. it has been weird because we've just started, as the fifth years have left, we've taken over their, their roles yeah, and their, sure. their rotations. So like you say, we have gone into placements where we have been more in practice. Mm. So I was at a pediatric hospital in Bristol um, oh, okay, a few yeah. weeks ago, which is great, and you're in your own surgery. Like mm. you say, you had a nurse the first time and I had um, receptions and things. But it was completely different to the university because I think the uni itself is, is almost a bubble. Yeah. Um, so when you go out into real practice, at uni, I've never, ever seen a patient where I've gone, open your mouth, oh, everything looks great. See, yeah, it's six months, it doesn't happen. You no, know? So no, no. Everybody, the whole hospital point is you come in, everyone has 12, 16 problems, and you take years so to So that is them. a bit of a weakness in uh, the training, really, isn't it? Because mm. you're not getting necessarily real world patients certainly no. on, on the perio clinics you we always used to get the patients that um people had tried to do some treatment on yeah yeah, yeah. and that hadn't really worked yep. for various reasons mm-hmm. um why don't you go and have a, a specialist look at it well yeah. it, t- it turns out your specialist is, is a, a second yeah, year second, you know, just try out the trembling while trying to do a BP. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's it yeah, yeah. um so it is, it is scary but i mean we always say to our patients obviously we're not we're, we're still learning mm-hmm. um but our supervisors and everybody are consultants as well so they're kind of you are seeing a specialist yes, in a way yes, because yeah, they are, they are specialist-led treatment exactly and it? they're yeah. overlooking the treatment but you yeah. actually we, we are basically so. the guinea pigs who are doing uh the treatment and learning while well, you're the guinea pig we're learning from you but yeah um I, I remember, and this might not make the edit, uh, one of my um, perio cases at uni, I was a second-year perio student, a mm-hmm. uh, second-year dental student doing um, perio on a, on a, a specifically a perio clinic, got a patient, and I, I was just getting a, a last, what I thought was the last little bit of calculus off subgingerly from a tooth. Yep, yep. Really got into this, really pulled, <laughs> and the whole crown of the tooth came oh, off. Oh, no, really? Shit, like what the fuck <laughs> is this? Uh, so pull this. Looked at looked at uh, and sort of got my demonstrator. So told the patient, so this is sorry, this happens. So like, oh, this is very good. Um, called over my uh, tutor and said, oh, well, yes, let's have a look. And you look at the X-rays and you couldn't really see the cavity, but if you if you if you really if you really if you was there, you could see it. And what I've done is I've got this scalar underneath this cavity oh, and, and, and it's just gone. Yeah. And yeah. fortunately, my demonstrator is very very good and said, look. Your dentist should really have spotted this and, tre- and sorted this out for mm-hmm. And it was very poor for the patients. Rah, 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 and we we're very sorry. And, and the, the patient actually was fine. Oh, right. Okay. Which was good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's quite a good learning experience, yeah, I think, as, yeah, as a dentist yeah. student. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know if you get that kind of experience of things going really badly yeah. wrong no. in dental school because oh. you're quite. It's not as if you're um, mollycoddled, maybe, but I think you're quite well protected against yeah, against the, those kind of difficult situations because you are being um, taken through things step to step. Like in our when we were first doing restorative work, you you got your patient in the chair. Mm-hmm. Said, Hello, I'm Sean, uh, Mrs. Smith. Uh, I'm just going to go and get a demonstrator. Yep. To to go and say so, so, so okay, Mr. Sellers, what are you going to do for this patient? I'm going to do this DO amalgam on a lower six. Okay, well, yes, okay. Well, do you want to give anesthetic? So he pops pops an ID block in. Yep, yep. Queued up for the demonstrator again. Yep. Um, <laughs> sounds like <laughs> that's changed. Then that's half, half an hour later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes okay, right, okay, yeah. Are you numb? Uh, no, not really. Right, another ID yeah, block. That's yeah, it. and that's an hour and a half goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then, yeah. yeah, and then you get so well. Can you take the amalgam out? Yeah, take the amalgam out. Okay, yeah, that's all the amalgam out. Well yeah. done. Do you want to take the caries out? Oh yeah, so I'll take the caries out. Right, another cue. Yeah, 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 and then right. Okay, can you put your matrix band on. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yes, that matrix band's fine. Yeah, do you want that? Can you put the amalgam in? Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. So then what we had because we had no nurses when we were doing. Mm-hmm. Our second year, you might have had a, a buddy, so yep. another de- another student. Yeah, that's how we have had it since yeah. until fourth year. So, so you were either going and getting the amalgam yourself, or you were sending your buddy to do it. And yeah, pa- yeah, and then you you did it, and yeah, that's fine, right? Okay, so you've you've carved it, 
or yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Strong, strong word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Functional carving. Yeah, yeah. You're not, not yeah, yeah. And, then, you know, and, yeah. and then you've got your demonstration. Like, have you checked the occlusion? I've checked the occlusion. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. So Mrs. Smith can go now. Have you told her that she's going to be not yet? Yeah, she's probably not going to be numb now because she's been waiting for three yeah, hours. Seven hours yeah. So that's it. That's your one patient in the morning. Yeah. And you do that for the whole of the year, don't you? Yeah. So you yeah, see, yeah. if you're lucky, you see two patients in a day. Yeah, I mean, on a good day, three or four. Yeah, tops exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's, if it's something big like a, well, I say, I say big. An MO for me is massive. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> something big like that for me, I'd, yeah, it's a three-hour job. But I mean, you know, in practice, what is that? 15, 20 minutes. You have to. It depends. It's safer in matter. It depends on on what you're doing, um, well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, so yeah. if you're working in a in a NHS practice, uh-huh. you've got to get that done quickly. Yeah. Because time. Well, in any practice, time is money. time is key. Yeah. But but with an NHS practice. Your um, your rate is fixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the income to the practice is fixed by how how quickly you can turn that amalgam round. Yes. Yeah. Now in in private practice, it's slightly different because you set the fees based on how long you think it's going to take you to do it. Yes, a bit more freedom. Yeah. But do they do they teach you that at all? Do you have any kind of business? Well, we've been having input? this discussion downstairs actually recently, um, and. We don't have any business um, training, really. Um, I don't know whether it's going to come in fifth year. We haven't had it yet, so it might still be to come. But we've had a, a bit of a loose conversation about UDAs and kind yep. of the payment, but that's not been from the uni. That's been from outside speakers mm. coming in. Um, but I was talking the other day um, downstairs about lab fees. Yeah. And that's something to me is, is alien because at, uni, at uni, you know, it's all done. Yeah, just, free. Just, just and if, if it, you yeah. want to put, if you want to make any denture because she just wants to do denture, you just make just one. On that's it. it. Yeah. Um, it's good for you, good for the patient. That's absolutely fine. Um, I'd never th- even thought about that comes out of your own pay yeah. um, when, when you finish oh, yeah, it's yeah. like whoa that's a whole different way it, of thinking it does, about it does put a different twist on yeah. things the only the only lecture we had at university on on the business of dentistry was um, what you could put through on tax and what you couldn't put through on tax yeah and that literally that was that it was we had it. a whole lecture an hour long of right if you do this you can buy this for your practice and then you can have it yourself and do this and do yeah. this and then and it was like okay that's how how to make the most of the tax yeah, man essentially got, well that sounds good I quite like that <laughs> myself, I, could, I could do with that yeah <laughs> and that's quite an interesting point because at some point in the future a lot of people like you are going to be business owners mm-hmm. and have literally no, no idea what to do. that's it no and there are lots of people out there who will offer you advice offer you varying degrees of quality of advice mm-hmm. on how to do things yeah maybe that's something that there needs to be a follow-on kind of pathway to, to know about that and we'll, we'll talk about that in a yeah, bit no, i think definitely. that's I important think- it is an important thing to have in it because it's often overlooked because those things I suppose in the uni's eyes it's just get students passed yeah so you've got to so it's like the driving test isn't it you've got to be technically proficient to be able to do an MO composite a DO amalgam some dentures um, some endo uh, and that's it you need to be able to do it and then you can learn how to do it well to a certain extent they teach you the the hands-on physical basics Mm -hmm. I'm doing a, a master's in law and ethics. At the right. Moment. Okay. Okay. So, do, what's the what are the soft skills like when you're being taught? Do they have? Do you have a, a module on ethics? Do you have a module on getting sued? Do you have a module on consent? Or do they do they have that kind of soft skill approach? As yeah. Well? So we do a unit called uh, Personal Professional Development yep. (PPD), mm-hmm. um, and that covers a lot of those different things. We've not had a specific thing on suing. Um, it, it does come up at the, the, at the end of everyone's lecture. Yeah, the odd lecture will be like, oh, yeah, don't get sued. Like, oh. And we're all like, okay. <laughs> um, but no, so generally that's kind of, it's talked about, but not in any depth. They're not kind of saying this is what you need to do to avoid that or how to process that. Yeah. Um, but the ethical side of things is, is covered um, a little bit more on those units. And a lot of them are kind of um, problem-based learning, like yeah. workshops that you do. Okay, yeah. um, and, and you have to do some pre-works, you do some pre-reading, um, whether that be on consent and capacity or mm-hmm. ethical situations. Then you come in and you discuss that situation with the class it's an hour an hour and a half session um and then you kind of discuss that within those students um but it's not like a proper lectured based system there's yeah. a few things that come up in lectures but most of it is discussion and mm. kind of going through mm. things with, with your peers which is quite quite useful things. and i think one of the one of the things that i found doing my masters is that you have to have the group of people you're talking to you have to know quite well mm-hmm. to have those kind of discussions because no one will talk otherwise no no, no yes yeah, it was weird you, yeah, because they're quite difficult conversations to have. Yeah, absolutely. If you're going to say say to someone, actually, I don't think what you're doing is right. Mm-hmm. You've got to know that person quite well, otherwise you come across as a bit aggressive and yes, a bit yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people don't listen to you because they think you're just being a bit of an idiot. Yeah. But actually, if you have a relationship with someone and can say that we think we think this is not the right way to do things, mm-hmm. 
they're more likely to take it on board. Yeah, I think. I think a lot of that as well is uh, is the communication side of things. We're drilled all the time. You know, communication is the most important thing. Yeah. In, yep. in your toolbox, it's very true. If you can say anything, if you say it right. Yes. Somebody will yeah, understand yeah. it and be yeah. much more happy about what you've said than if you say it in a bad way. There's a chap that Connor I know called uh, Steve Hudson, and he has one of his sort of mantras is you do not treat a patient who you don't have rapport with. Mm-hmm. So that communication, getting to know someone is the most important. Before you even put your, your hands in their, in their mouth, that sort of thing, you've got to be able to have a chat with that person and understand where they're coming from. Yeah. And if you can't do that, and if you can't get that connection with uh, a patient, it makes your job more difficult and riskier yeah because you are more like you're more likely to to make a mess of it mm-hmm. you're more likely to um for your patient to have a problem with that mm-hmm. and you're more likely to be sued because of it and we yeah, don't want we don't want to be uh no, absolutely not. Be, and, <laughs> and then if you're more likely to be sued you're more likely to be up against the gdc yeah so that's that's uh, a bit of an issue um which hopefully you won't have to worry about yeah fingers much. crossed i'll try yeah, i'm, I'm yeah. done pretty well so far what, uh, if, so as a as a as a dental student what do the dental students today think about the gdc so it's kind of this big. In my head, I kind of see this big grey cloud looking mm-hmm. over everybody yeah, all the time. Yeah, that it's sounds kind about of, right. And they kind of they keep say, people keep saying it. I don't really we don't really know too much. It's, it's again, it's one of those things that's put up in at the end of a lecture. You know, sure. oh yeah, you don't want to be in front of GDC. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose we see them. or well, I personally see it as somebody is trying to trying to get us. But I suppose okay. that's not how it's. I think to I be. think the GDC um, would probably and probably quite rightly want to to. To say that that is not the case. Yeah, and I probably that's completely, I'm, I completely understand, but just the way that we, because we haven't really had any formal talking about it, the way people seem to talk about it makes it sound like they're so this bad person that's trying to, yeah. you know, destroy yeah, that issue. That's, that's cannot be of... true. Well, I hope it's not true. Um, <laughs> the the problem we have is that we only see the bad side of the GDC. Yeah. We yeah. only see the people that we think are good dentists being being up against yes. uh, fitness yeah. practice yeah, panel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is a side of the GDC, and people will get reported to the GDC for sometimes some frivolous matters, yeah. some really frivolous matters. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're not so frivolous, and mm-hmm. sometimes they there are people out there that probably shouldn't be practicing. So you've got to balance the protection of the public, which is their main raison d'etre, as well as a trust in in the GDC by by dentists and yeah. and patients as well. Absolutely. So and it's a very difficult balance to strike. Uh, they haven't got it right. I mean, they clearly haven't got it right. Um, there are people who are currently having cases for things they posted on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, okay. And that is a contentious issue. It's difficult because I can see why people might complain about that because you are a dental professional 24-7 and what you post on social media is not private. Yeah, it gets everywhere. <laughs> it gets everywhere. So you have to be really, really careful. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly I, I'm, I'm quite glad that there is no such thing as Facebook and Twitter and anything like that when I was a student because mm-hmm. some of the things that you that your mindset isn't in really into that being a professional person so much mm-hmm. you're still a 20 something yeah. doing things that yeah, 20 somethings yeah, yeah. do, do yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> and and you look back and everyone looks back on the, in their 20s and go oh geez what, what did I do yeah, but yeah. I'm quite fortunate the world didn't get to see that yes yeah Whereas that's kind of just, and it's interesting actually in uh, in the scrub ceremony that I was talking about earlier, um, at the very very start, you're handed a big A4 brown envelope, mm-hmm. um, and you open the envelope, and it's everything. So somebody has sat for days and searched through every single student's social media, oh, really? and everything they can find about you, they've they put on this in this, in this document, they've given it to you. So everyone sat there like you know absolutely sweating, stressing that it's going to be something horrible, and they open it, and it's luckily my was fine. It's my profile picture from two thousand seven, <laughs> you know, the odd post, but nothing, nothing bad, no pictures of of things I wish weren't on Facebook. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it, we're, we're introduced to that at quite an early age. Yeah, um, that's early, that's early quite good. Even. That is actually quite good yeah. because um, you'll find that a lot of the time it's the it's the either the older members of the profession, dentists, that get caught. Or DCPs so and yeah, nurse, nurses. Yeah. So nurses who who don't have such a high standing in the profession, for for want of a better way of describing it, for better or for worse, and are maybe not held to as high a level by us mm-hmm. of professionalism, mm-hmm. but they're the ones shouting out on Facebook and doing this and doing that, and yeah. then getting getting really uh, admonished for it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. And there were, there were there were a few people who had the the odd photo that shouldn't have been there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so they just. And I think and... that's that's difficult because I think we shouldn't be held by 
by what we did in our in our youth stream. No, no, everyone's done yeah, the same things. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. Young people will do things that young people do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So you qualify next year, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. Touch wood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Second year running, everyone passing. Fingers yeah. crossed. That's what we're going for. Um, what's what's your final year going to be like? Um, so they've restructured finals for us um, in the final year. It mm-hmm. used to be that you would sit your final exams in kind of March time. Yep. Um, but that what that meant was there wasn't time to resit before VT placement started. Okay, yeah. Um, which meant that if you failed your finals, you'd have to resit mm. in like December time the next year and you'd lose your job. Yeah. Um, which obviously wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've reshuffled finals for us now. So our written finals are in January. Okay. Um, and our vivas are all in March. Wow, that's early. Uh, yeah, very that's early. That's really and early. And after that, we're done. Um, and then we're, we're on clinic still, trying to get finishing off our totals. If we're low on endos or whatever, that's when we to bend the time. Uh, so you just got time days. to uh, yeah, exactly, top up. Yeah. yeah, and also just keep, like, don't de-skill as well. Yeah. That's something else I mentioned, because yeah. obviously normally you finish in March and then you yeah, don't you've got a drill gap. until gap, September, yeah. which is massive. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're trying to reduce the de-skilling that happens to the fifth years to kind oh, of have to go good. through the system, which yeah. is quite good. And also it then gives us the chance if we do fail any of our finals yeah, you can, you to can reset, reset before VT, which is great because it means that you don't use your placement. Um, so I think, yeah, my next year is looking, I think October time, we start looking um, to apply VT places yeah. and looking at schemes and maybe uh-huh. SJTs as well um, in that term. And then, yeah, written finals January. And then after that, I think the VT stuff carries on all year. Right. So depending on the stage. So I think interviews are all first term, but the actual application is ongoing. I think a bit of it happens second term as well. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure that's all done by first term. So VT's changed quite a bit, or certainly the application process for VT has mm-hmm. changed quite a bit since I was uh, doing it. I We just applied to the practices we want to apply to and see if we got the place after interview. Right. But it's very different now, isn't mm-hmm. it, I think? Yeah, so the way it works for us is um, the country is split into, I think, about 70 schemes. Mm-hmm. And the scheme is an area of the UK, so southwest, Midlands, uh, north, I think they're quite big. London, is a, there's a few London schemes, mm-hmm. um, you know, Scotland, Wales, that kind of thing. And you basically apply to a scheme. Yep. So well, you rank you rank all the schemes in England from 1 to 70 in your favourite, to your yep. least favourite. And then based on your score in the year of your own year yeah. and against everybody else yeah. in the country. For not your that it's interviews. competition. No, no, no it's not at all. Totally We're a all there to help each other. <laughs> We're all going to get through together. As long as everybody in Bristol as well. I'm yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't really care about Liverpool. Sorry. But, uh, <laughs> not after sports day. But um, yeah, so that's kind of the way that works. And then you're ranked. Everyone sits the same interview. So there's an interview that happens in first term of this this year. Um, and that's the standard set interview for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then everyone is scored the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you're given a mark. So that mark is combined with your actual percentage for your course mm-hmm. at your uni, and that gives you your overall rank. Right. And then your the top 100 people are given their first place, yeah, yeah, sure, and then yeah, yeah. down the list. Mm-hmm. So, But there's a bit of like, not what was I can't think of the word now, but it's kind of a game to play with it. Yeah, Because sure, if, yeah. if you want, London is the most competitive place. Yeah. So if you put London, you yeah. have to put it first. If you put it second, you're not going to get it. Okay. And you have to be you know, one of the top 20 people in your uni, at least, uh, to right, have okay. a chance of getting a London place. Oh, that's see. interesting. But if you want to go somewhere not so popular, so I think, I think the least popular scheme is Cornwall. No. So yeah, that kind of, I think I think because it's in the middle of, well, relatively in the middle of nowhere. But it's also um, in Cornwall, which is amazing. Yeah, which is great for surfing and everything else. Yeah. But I think the issue is there's no kind of massive hospitals there that can then refer yeah, okay, to. Yeah, okay, yeah, I think that's yeah. what the lady was saying was that, you're out on your own a lot more and there's less chance to refer and, and mm-hmm. maybe the learning mm-hmm. isn't quite the same. I'm not really sure. I've not really looked into it properly, but yeah. for whatever reason... Because Cornwall, Cornwall is right at the bottom of yeah, your list, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm my surfboard in the gallery, so yeah, I'm thinking yeah, Cornwall yeah. could be number two for me. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you chose Cornwall, for example, you could be... You're more likely to get, get your place number one. So if you put yeah. Cornwall as number one, you're probably going to end up getting Cornwall because yeah. you're saying you want it, nobody else wants so it. it yeah. Even if you came last in, in the country, you, you would still probably right, get okay. that place. So it's kind of balancing that's so so there's potential there for the lesser good new dentist mm-hmm. to go to the places that have a lesser good provision yeah that's, that's a bit worrying isn't it it is worrying because it's i mean i don't know whether the provision is less i'm not really sure why they some places are better than others I yeah mean, the teaching will obviously vary from scheme to scheme yeah um and i think you have to look into that properly before you mm. go for it but i think yeah just the, in cornwall there's less chance of referring i think i think if you know you want to go back into hospital and you know you want to go specialist training all that kind of stuff being in the middle of cornwall in the middle it's of not, nowhere not is ideal. not a good place to be mm. for that whereas being in the middle of london or birmingham or somewhere like that would be a lot yeah. more helpful because a lot more options yeah, for people who can get you into those higher mm-hmm. training places mm-hmm. um so yeah it's a bit of a game but if you if you know you just you're happy 
you're, you know, you just want to be in your own practice, yeah. GDP, seeing yeah. local patients, and you've got no interest in going on to do specialism and that kind of thing. Cornwall sounds great because you do, yeah. you know, morning of dentistry, exactly. that's the surfing, you know, that's going Fantastic. to go, that's it. So it's just, it's weird. It's difficult to choose place as well because um, it's whether I come home. And part of me is a bit like, come home yeah. and, you know, live at home, save yeah. money on rent. But then I've, I've lived away for five years. It's difficult. Uh, yeah, it's that so is difficult, difficult coming back and, and, and being home. I love coming home for the holiday. Um, but you know, sorry, mum and dad. After three or four weeks, you are thinking, "Oh my god, I kind of need done, to get." Yeah, 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 yeah it's you like get a bit circling, tease at six. I'm like, I don't want to no, at six. No. Like, what? <laughs> what I'm, you know, I'm got other things going on. So it's it's lovely being home, but I don't know whether coming home for a year yeah. is a viable yeah, yeah. option. A bit, it would probably it would be fairly high on my list, I think, because mm-hmm. rather come home than than end up somewhere miles away, where I really don't want to be. Um, yeah, it's it's weird how you can get shipped out to just yeah, a, a random place, yeah, isn't it? And you could, so you could, yeah, you could prep all your time to be in yeah. Birmingham yeah. and you can plan for it you can look at houses and yeah. then end up in you know Cornwall yeah Cornwall that's yeah. it and then you'd be nowhere near so yeah. oh, that's, it's that's different weird. it's interesting but I think we're, we've got a lot of help coming through and I think a lot of it is to do with the interview process Yep. and it's definitely from what I've heard there's a technique to it Yeah. so it's it's yes. not an interview like this would be where you just sit and chat and you think oh I quite like him I'm going to offer him a job yeah. it's uh, you're given scenarios right okay and you have to discuss but it's structured kind yeah, of exactly. yeah exactly so everyone has given the same scenario and you have to discuss what you would do um, and we've had a one lecture on it so far, but there's more to come. And I think um, our supervisor was saying you have to compare your answer to the GDC guidelines. Oh, so the standards. Yeah, oh, that's okay, it. The standards, that's, that's the one. So you have to kind of like link your decision back and you say, you know, standard 3.A says <laughs> you should never, you know, hit the yeah, patient. So yeah. that's why I wouldn't do that in that situation. That's probably a bad example. But that, that probably isn't why you I would do it, to be honest. If, if, that's, <laughs> if that's why you're not yeah. hitting patients. I shouldn't be getting this back. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> not because it's wrong. Don't, don't hit standard, patients because standard the GDC say yeah, you shouldn't do that. I shouldn't yeah. do it. That's it. So bad example. But yeah, that's mm. the idea. So I think you have to link it back yeah. to those standards and say, yeah. and justify what you're doing. Okay, that's, quite, uh, that's interesting. Um, and then depending on how good you are at that is... That's interesting because GDC standards are, are due to change and they're not too distinct. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, so um, have you had any lectures on the GDC standards? Um, oh, I think probably You have. may have got so the they're, booklet. They're not, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're quite important. Um, yes, no, I'll definitely... But, yeah. but they're quite prescriptive at the moment. Right, okay. And the, the, the pros and cons of that, the good, the good points are you know what standards you are... Um, you are held to yep. to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. The bad points are they can be used as a, as you, a weapon yeah. against yeah, you. Yeah. So if those standards are a little bit more, not vague, but a little bit more, um, they have a little bit more leeway. Yeah, it's then more interpretation. It's, it's, yeah, exactly yeah. that. Yeah. And you find a lot of that real world, I hate to use that phrase, but the real world practicing, yeah. you get taught how the, the ideal way to do things. So uh, my friend at... Uh, a large uni that I can't say because they might tell me off. <laughs> um, the, the endo that they've been doing has been all been done with microscopes. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, fantastic. What a great learning tool. Yes. Yeah. When you get to VT, you're yeah, not going to have a microscope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You may not even have rotary files. You may be doing it by hand files. Yep. And it's all well and good being taught gold standard. But when you're not doing, you're not able to do gold standard, you have to be able to pair it back. And you, you need that more structured this is how we do things. This is how we do things to an advanced level. This is how we do things yeah, to a gold bit. standard level. And I think that was something initially that we, that I personally struggled with, and it was frustrating because when you first do an endo, and I've seen endos on here countless times, mm. you know, it takes them an hour yeah. from start to finish, yeah. shape, obturate, everything yeah. is an hour. Hand one file, yeah. uh, I think it's Reciprotech or something like okay, that. Yeah. It goes straight down, that's it, shaping is done. And then we're in the skills lab or in, in a patient using K files. I could not, yeah, I was yeah. thinking, why on earth am I sat here? Hand winding a K file yeah, yeah. to try and shape this canal. I've perforated six times. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just not. It's not possible. Why would anyone do this? And why am I, I'm trying to obturate with a little plastic yeah, yeah, pusher that makes yeah, space? And it's yeah, just, it's yeah. just silly. But as I've gone through it, you understand. You, that you, you have you to. You, you have to, to have the yeah the very basic you need the level basics, first. Because if, you, yeah. if your reciprotech file breaks, you need to know. You like, have there's there's no or, point in in going on and doing bone augmentation when you can't put an implant in. No, absolutely not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the basics, and that's that's been something weird because initially I was like, oh, you know. Real world is so much better than this. I can't believe we're doing impressions. So, well, that's, doing uh, so, so don't get this, take this the wrong way, but you haven't, here coming here, so you come into the Campbell Clinic um, on a routine basis to see what's done here. Yeah. This is not real world. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> this, no. This is like other level dentistry. Yes, this yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the, the kind of dentistry that I certainly won't be doing in, in my practicing career. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of people who are in dentistry will, will be doing in this in in their practicing career. And that's an important thing to remember. It's yeah. this is 
aspirational dentistry. Yes. Yeah. 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 Extent, yeah. I think so. It's finding a middle ground between. Yeah, yeah, it's, but it's 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 a great way of, of being able to see what can be done. Yeah, and um, with the way that the digital stuff's coming in, and the way that the the lab work is done here, and and some of the new things that that are being brought in, it's going to be amazing, mm-hmm. and that will hopefully filter down to to regular dentistry at some point in the yeah. future. Yeah, yeah, but this is what 10, 15 years ahead of, Advanced, of what we're yeah. seeing. Yeah, yeah. While on that topic, you come in here regularly and do various bits and bobs with regards to CEREC. Yes. So yeah, tell uh, us about that. So the CEREC, I saw the CEREC being used the first time when I was doing work experience, okay. um, seeing use for crown preps, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, and since then, they've had a few scanners come in. So mm-hmm. we have the CEREC, there's a TRIOS one, um, I think a Plan Mechabot one as well. So for those um, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, um, CEREC is a combined intraoral scanner and milling product so instead of taking um impressions with gloopy stuff which is which everyone hates yep <laughs> dentists hate it yep, patients, patients hate definitely it. hate it um you've got a little wand that's uh, connected to a machine that scans um your teeth in 3d and that then transports that scan over to a milling machine that produces a crown or an inlay or an inlay. Yeah, that's that's the basics of it. That, yeah, it? that's the, the yeah. Best, yeah. It can be used for lots of different things. As well, yeah. you can do Maryland bridges with it. Yeah, stuff, sure, yeah. But yeah, everything. Uh, but no, it's it's uh, it's really really good to see, um, and it's been interesting seeing the lab side of it as well, because mm-hmm. um, they do full bridges here and, and yeah. things like that, and you print them off and implant crowns, that kind of thing. Um, and the design tools uh, on the computer are crazy because mm-hmm. you can change the size of the crown, the shape, every little bit is up to you, and you can perfectly customize it. Um, and one of the big things for me that I've seen noticed recently is. Obviously, in university for us, it's all analog and we have to use temporary crowns. So <laughs> you have to factor in, yeah. well, for me, an hour and a half at the end of your appointment to, <laughs> to make to make a maxi temp crown that you then stick over your half prep by that yeah. point because you're not, not finished. No, I mean, I'm just kidding. But you have to make a temporary at the end of your appointment. Um, but with the CERIC, there is no temporary. You just no, send, send, your patient, yeah, send your patient to, to the waiting room for 20 minutes. And then in that time, you can either see a next patient or mm. you know have a design the crown, have a yeah. coffee, that kind of thing. And then cement the crown straight away and that they've had their permanent crown within an hour then mm. and it's it's crazy there's no temporary this doesn't come off and then I've a few patients who've come back in temporaries have come off um over eruption has happened yeah. or the bikes yeah. even yeah. slightly changed and you know your onlay doesn't fit and it's a bit you have to reprep or um go again and it's that that side of it is is massive i think and that somebody can come in and have a crown gone yeah. straight away yeah, it's, it's great but they don't teach that at uni particularly because the, the cerex side yeah of it. so we've i think we actually got a first i saw someone showing one of our consultants the Cerex scanner oh, recently. So I think we may, we may either be getting one or have have one. So, we so, won't be allowed to touch it. Absolutely no, not. no, I that's think, the thing, I think it is it? coming. So I think this, the, uh, the staff can use it. And I think in the lab, there is a milling machine as well. Okay, but that's, that's good. Yes, that that's definitely good. coming. I think they definitely have a lab version of Cerex where they yeah, can is, scan yeah, yeah. The, the preps. They can scan the prep and they, and they, they, they do the it. Yeah, so I think some of the crowns we get, because we can now have zirconia as well, which must be milled i think isn't it you can't get um so it definitely is, is moving in, in in that direction a little bit um so hopefully they'll let us play with the cerec when we get there but it's it's definitely going to be something big for the next 10 years i yeah. thought Scan, scanning is going to be the next big thing yes yeah um partly for um ease of use obviously patients will, will tolerate it a lot better mm-hmm. um partly for speed so you can just email off your imps yeah and uh, they're gone yeah yeah they're gone you don't have to worry about distortion in the post you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about storage um you've got one lot of error so you don't have to worry about things being poured up wrong you don't have to worry about yeah. um your lab tech doing the margins wrong yeah, on your, yeah, on your yeah, thing, yeah. that kind of thing out, yeah exactly thing. Just, yeah. and as the technology increases it's going to come down in price obviously mm-hmm. i couldn't tell you how much a, a serif or a trios or a, a uh, any of the other ones cost but with the the amount of competition that there is in the market it's, it's naturally going to come down so it's yeah. going to be within the reach of quite a lot of of practices yeah, and absolutely. and you've got all the the savings as well from from not having to have all the products that you buy yep. yeah and kind of yeah everything's condensed into yeah one, exactly one yeah. i was at a conference a few weeks ago in bristol actually um that was a, a few of the students um chose to go to um and that was a te- almost like a technology conference. Yep. I think I think the conference was about private dentistry um, and how, how to succeed in private dentistry, which was just interesting for us to go to, really. Um, and obviously, what freebies we could get. But um, <laughs> there was a whole kind of show at the end of it, and they showed off all these new products and the tech. And there were four or five or six intraoral scanners yeah. all doing their own little thing. Right. Ours is better than yours, that kind of yes, thing. And they're yeah. all fighting each other. And you're right, they will come down in price, but some of them are wireless now. Yeah, you know, and it used to be you had a big a big machine that stood in the corner of your, yeah. your, your, your surgery. Now it's on a laptop. 
yeah. and on a little wand. That's and, it. Th- and then it will that will go even more. They'll even probably yeah, end up having a little I, in the future, you have a, a patient holds an iPad or a tablet and they can see what you're doing in their hands. You have your own screen built into your unit somehow and then you'll be scanning and that'll be... Yeah. I think you can already buy units. I think they have Cerex scanners built into them. Oh, right. So okay. They are just wow. Private. Yeah, so it is there. So you can't move from practice to practice. There is just one on your chair and you just lift it off and use it. I think that's obviously in America somewhere, but everything big and silly is in America. But no, I have, I have definitely seen that done. Um, so I think that obviously, yeah, again, if you've got endless amounts of money, that is something you could do and have that there. But no, it's, it's really interesting. It's uh, good to see. So qualify next year. VT, probably not in Cornwall. Uh, the year, <laughs> the year after that. How well do you think that prepares you for life as uh, a jobbing dentist? Oh, I don't know. I, that's a big question. It's a, it's I, a, it's a difficult a one, question. I mean, VT, from what I've heard so far, is, is a bridge. Yep. So no, I'd go with that. Yeah. You go from I see four patients a day, and that's a big day. Yeah. So maybe seeing 10, 12 a day during VT. I think is what someone was saying as an average. Okay. VT, but I think again, you can choose in your VT how many you see. You can, you, I, I think that the start of your VT would be very different to the end of your VT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And as you as you get more yeah, experience, absolutely, yeah. Um, but well, yeah, one of our supervisors was saying that she asked to see thirty patients a day in her VT just to get more experience and practice. And to cool. Oh my God, that's massive step. That's, uh, from four to. Yeah, 30, I mean, if you're doing that straight away, there are issues because yeah. you've you've got to cut corners somewhere. Now, yeah, well, that's it. That's so, the problem, isn't it? I think she's either a super god or, a, or not. But but it's just interesting to see. Um, and then for us, it's, it's what you do after VT as well. So yeah. VT for me is, is a year of, of more heavily supervised yep. industry than I would. That's what I see as at the yep. moment. Um, and a bit of teaching and learning. And I think there's every month you meet up with your leads and then mm. you discuss cases mm. and then you, you meet the other five or six dentists who are in your area doing the same thing. Um, and you'll discuss your cases. And then after that, you're free to do whatever you want to do. Um, Isn't that a bit scary? Very scary because I don't, I, it's, well, I have this thing, it's an issue that I keep thinking, you know, when I grow up and when I get older, yeah, I feel yeah, more yeah, like an adult. Yeah, and yeah I, well, I'm in my 40s and I'm still, still feeling I'm, I've, I've had this, this horrible epiphany that I, I, it doesn't change. I've got no, to 22 and I'm still thinking, doesn't, no. people say how old are you? And I still reply with 18. And I'm thinking, oh, that's not that's not right at all. That's completely wrong. But it's, it's scary. So I'm, yeah, I I'm, don't feel ready yet. Um, hopefully I'll feel ready after fifth year, after VT, but whether that's true or not, I, I don't know. But it's kind of there's so many options afterwards, I and mean, yeah. that, that's we're having a few more conversations about uni about so, what you can yeah, do. One of my real bugbears about uh, the way that the dental profession is is set up now is that there's there's quite a good structure while you're in dental school, mm-hmm. and there's a relatively good structure if you want to specialise. Yeah, but there's not a lot in between. There's no what we really need is a good strong structure for early years postgrad training. Yeah, um, so. A career pathway for general dentists, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, because if you want to go back into the hospital system, brilliant, go for it. You can do that, and there's quite a good good pathway of doing mm-hmm. that. But if you want to be dentists on the high street doing good dentistry, there are so many little courses out there that you can go on. Some of them are better than others, yep. obviously. Mm-hmm. Some some people will go into the cosmetically focused way of doing things, yep. which is fine. But a lot of people will do that without having those basics. Yeah, yeah. The skills. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they'll be moving teeth around um, with a bit of short-term ortho uh, in their second year after uni, yep. say. Yep. And then they'll be doing a bit of composite bonding and they'll be doing some composite veneers. And then they'll wonder why things start to fail and gone wrong. pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if there was, a, say, a five-year structured plan of how to get young people to be good standard dentists yep, yep. I personally think that would be a much better way of running the postgrad system for for newly qualified dentists yeah and it's, it's interesting I've, I've spoken to a few people about this um, and depending on who you talk to you get a different opinion so some people are in the opinion of you need to stay in general practice mm. doing as many patients as you can <laughs> for you know three or four or five years and just get that experience at basic level yeah, yeah. of dentistry you know you can do an MO in 15 minutes if you need to or you can spend an hour and yeah, get yeah. a really, really really nice one but know you can do both yeah, yeah. Um, and then once you've got that basics then go on and learn more back into hospital specialise and that kind of thing um, whereas the other school of thought that, uh, that I've heard is don't waste any time get straight back into hospital straight away so you, you do your VT then you're back in Depends what you want to do, I suppose, doesn't yeah, it? And that's, yeah, that's the thing. and it's really hard to judge because when you start being an associate, you f- you fall into an associate way of life. Mm-hmm. So you're getting paid a reasonable amount of money yep. usually as an associate, mm-hmm. and you you're cranking out your work that's of an okay standard, and then you think, well, should I go on a course? And you think. Yeah, but I could, I could go on holiday instead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's and, it. And that's, that's, what, a, that's a dangerous thing to that's, do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what uh, some people have said is you, you'll get comfortable 
yeah and, yeah, and, that's, you'll, and that's you buy dangerous. a car and then yeah, you, you can't yeah, afford exactly. to have that yeah the time cut or the pay cut that yeah, it takes to exactly. go and do these other things exactly. so it's, it is, it's a bit daunting really because it's kind of a lot of, you have to decide fairly early on because i don't really know what i want to do yet in terms of specialty or not no specific. no no and you don't have to decide no and that's the, I think and for, that's the thing for me it's just trying to get as much experience as i can at the moment the you know, first few years out of uni getting all the experience i can and then kind of going from there with it finding out what i enjoy most because at the moment i kind of i don't like endo but that's only because i've done three on plastic teeth i've never <laughs> ever done on a real teeth and i'm kind of like oh uh, it doesn't get any easier. <laughs> <laughs> um so i think i need to give it a go and give everything a go and then after that i can choose yeah, I mean, you have to, yeah, it's, it's having that breadth of knowledge and the depth of knowledge as well. Absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, find something you like. Yeah. And or knowing uh, you're good at something as well. Is, uh, also, not only know that you're good at something, know that you're bad at the things you're bad at. Yeah. Because that, and then do courses on the things that you're bad at. Yeah, to improve, because you yeah. can't neglect those. Yeah. There's no point in really liking endo and then doing a lot of endo mm -hmm. uh, and going on a load of endo courses unless you're going to specialise. And you're not going to specialise straight away. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to, you can't neglect the rest of your day to day just because you like one, one thing. thing yeah yeah, and that's it and you, and you i find that you you miss things like that as well yeah and I, i'm i'm guilty of that even now if i'm i remember even as i'm um, second is a bit different um a bit of a different example but um you see your first perio patient and your head is in perio mode and yeah very much so yeah but you've never you've never even seen caries on an x-ray before so your patient comes in and you've got all these yeah 80 percent bone yeah, loss yeah. Yeah, oh, great yeah. you know it's, it's severe yeah. perio i know what to say and then the supervisor comes over and he goes, well, what's wrong with these teeth, though? And you think, well, they've got bone loss and yeah, they're mobile, yeah. and I'm going like, to do RSD yeah. to my heart's content. Look at that massive and, canvas yeah, And they say, actually, these teeth are all dead. <laughs> yeah, you probably yeah, want yeah. to be either refilling them or taking yeah, them out. Yeah. You think, oh, well, I haven't really thought that as an option. Yeah. Um, and that's obviously because I didn't know what yes, that exactly. was at and, the time. And you don't, you don't get that intricate approach, do you, until much further along. Yeah, exactly. And um, that's quite hard to do. And that's still quite hard to do when you're out in the real world, again, um, you look at you look at X, Y, and Z, and you've you've got to try and produce some kind of treatment plan that that's holistic. But you have to get the basics right. You got the perio right before you can yep. start on the restorative, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. And, get, ah. um, and getting that right as a student will put you down in a good step for the future, definitely. Mm -hmm. Matt, thank you very much. No problem at That's all. It's been an absolute joy. I'm so, sure we'll uh, speak again. Oh, fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully, I'll uh, make it through next year. And it will, I'll, yeah, I'll we'll keep people updated as, on how. I'll speak to you again as a VT, hopefully. <laughs> and, uh, I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> well, thank you, Matt, for that thought provoking discussion on what it's like to be a dental student and the future of dentistry. If you're a student or a newly qualified dentist or an old hand who might want to get in touch with us, there are loads of ways in which you can do it. Email us on info at incisivedecisive.com. We're on Twitter at IncisivePod and our Facebook page is facebook.com slash incisivedecisive. We're looking at carrying out more interviews in the future, so if you'd like to suggest someone we should chat to, just get in touch. If you like the podcast, think about leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us spread the word, as does sharing the links to our episodes. As usual, our music is provided by Gallops. Hear more at gallopsgallops.com. Until next time, that was Incisive Decisive. Giudici. 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 Oh, jeez.